The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. This show is brought to you by Miami Grill. For over 30 years, Miami Grill has brought you big favorites from big cities, featuring authentic ingredients prepared fresh to order with the best cheesesteaks, wings, gyros, burgers, and more. Don't just bring dinner home, bring home Miami. Order online or in person. Pickup, drive through dine-in, and delivery available at all locations. If you're craving it, they're making it. Bringing Miami Grill home has never been easier. With locations all over South Florida, check MyMiamiGrill.com to find yours. That's MyMiamiGrill.com to find Miami Grill. While we're in the middle of this booming real estate market of South Florida, you may be looking to purchase a new house or refinance your current one. You can make sure that you have an attorney-owned title company handle your contract and close for the low price of $295. Reach out to our good friend Seltzer Mayberg. Give them a call at 305-444-1565 and mention 5 Reason Sports in order to get that $295 closing fee on all purchases and refinances. So go ahead and purchase or refinance that house knowing that you'll have an attorney reviewing and handling your closing for $295 when you mention 5 Reason Sports. You can also visit their website at onecalllegal.com where they'll be able to assist you with any of your legal needs, whether it's a divorce or a car accident or slip and fall. Everything is in-house, and they're ready to help you with whatever you may need an attorney for. That is 305-444-1565, Seltzer Mayberg. Let me introduce you to another sponsor, bestever.com. That is B-S-T-E-V-R.com. Bestever.com is a fantasy sports simulator that uses real-life data to simulate hypothetical situations. For example, ever wondered if Dan Marino could win a Super Bowl with a top 10 running game? We all have. You can do that with bestever.com. Let's say the Dolphins are in the running for a big free agent. Just add them to the current team and simulate games to see how it can turn out. Just open a free account and start building your own story and have bestever.com spit out game stories just for you. Bestever is not only fun to use, but has many uses beyond just curiosity. Go to bestever.com. That's B-S-T. EVR.com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Ortega. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is not here because, as we told you in a previous show, he is moving this week. But he will be back next week. As always, this show is brought to you by Manscaped. Use 5RSN, 20% off. Miami Grill, you heard them at the top of the show. And, of course, Biscayne Bay Brewing. 
I promise I wasn't going to say it, but, you know, it's the second show of the week, so I'll say it. Lager. Bow. Okay. And, of course, it is brought to you by Simon Clancy's Draft Guide in conjunction with Gridiron Magazine. Tell the people about how they can buy that. Uh, yeah, I mean, just the easiest thing to do is to go to my Twitter at Cyclancy or go to at Gridiron or at Gridiron Magazine, whichever it is, and all the details will be on there. And it's literally, if you're listening in America, it will cost you $4. This is not even a joke. It will cost you $4.12. And if you're Why the 12 cents, in, though, by the way? Why, why the 12 cents? Because it's £3 in the UK, and I think the okay. current conversion rate of for, for £3 is $4. So it's American monetary policy that it's American monetary policy. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's at gridiron or at Cyclancy and you'll find the details there. Um, And if you're in the UK, if you subscribe to the magazine for a year, you'll get the draft book for three, for three or for free, for free, three, free, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Awesome. There are two people on this earth that I would, I would defer to on prospects on draft prospects. And I would change my opinion on it. And those two people I do a podcast with. One is Chris Kaufman. He's not here. And the other one is Simon Clancy. He is. And he's the one who's responsible for this draft guide. So I highly recommend it. It's just $4, people. Like, you know. And 12 cents. Oh, yeah. And 12 cents. (laughs) All right. Okay. If you want to get that link, you follow us, right? You're listening to the show. So you follow us on Twitter. I will be tweeting out that link at least a couple of times a day. Look for it. It, or you can go to gridironmagazine.com and, you know, follow the, the, the little brick road right there. Okay. Go to shop. Then you go to 2021 draft guide, click on it, pay for it. $4 and 12 cents. All right. Edge players. I guess we'll start with best, best in class, or you know what? Let's start here and see if you agree with this. Omar Kelly uh, was, ha- was having a talk with uh, Dave Hyde today on his show on YouTube and he was saying that if you're honest about this team, and I don't necessarily agree, by the way, but he said, if you're honest about this team, the only area where they really have a glaring need is that is, is that an edge player. First of all, do you agree with that or not? Um, it's interesting because the Dolphins don't really – we've had this discussion before, but yes. and it, it's, the Dolphins really don't really use edge players in the same way that – other teams use edge players. You know, mm-hmm. the Dolphins' edge players are contained guys as much as anything. They are not guys that are allowed to rush past the quarterback, um, you know, and create lanes for for, for those sorts of things. They're, they're very disciplined. It's why Trey Flowers at New England was so important to the Dolphins because of what he does. You know, and you have to look past sack numbers. So I think that's part of what you're, you're, you're looking for. I, I don't think the Dolphins would ever draft a guy who is an absolute pure sack fiend he would have 20 sacks a year because he just doesn't really fit what they want to do. You know, no. yes, getting to the quarterback is very important, but but not breaking contain, not rushing past the quarterback. And what you mean by that is rushing, running the arc, but you you end up three yards behind the quarterback and you've, you, you, you open a massive chasm. Lane discipline is really important in terms of pass rush. Um, so, yeah, it's so it's a really interesting one. Um, but there's some really interesting players, rush players, but you know, defensive ends that sort of fit what they want to do. Um, there aren't really, there isn't really a kind of a a universal number one. There's lots of, you know, I have a different number one to you, to Chris. Probably our top fives, if we board them down, are probably very different. And we all like different things in different players. There's some injury issues. There's some ceiling issues. You know, you look at a guy like Gregory Rousseau, who, you know, has been in an awful lot of mock drafts. Gregory Rousseau, to me, is not a first-round pick. You know, and that's no. going to annoy a lot of the 
the you know the hurricane players. I think he's one of the biggest boom or bust players in the entire class, not just at the defensive end, in the entire class. So he's got a ceiling like a few other players, but he has one season of play, and that is a redshirt freshman. And he had four million sacks, and that's what people look at. Yeah, he was a wide receiver and a safety in high school. He was literally yeah. moved to defensive end during his redshirt season. You know, he's a long pass rusher who does – and he, his best work came from inside. Yes. So, you know, he has a lot of serious traits, but his inexperience is Well, of the 15 sacks, of the 15 sacks, I believe 12 yeah. were rushing from inside of five tech, meaning yeah. he was rushing from three tech, uh, from one A even, even as a zero, okay? So it's not, you know, he's not really an edge. Like if you're going to call him an edge player and an edge rusher, he's not really an edge rusher because mm. that's not where his sacks came from. But I guess we'll start here. And his teammate, in my opinion, is probably the best in class. Although I do not think he's a fit for Miami in one sense. I think he's a 4-3 flex defensive end. And I, and I think he's perfect for it, really. But not for so us. Jet That's Phillips. not what we do. Yeah, I, I like Jalen Phillips. I think he's a good player. He's a, he's a quarterback hunter. He's probably the most well-rounded i don't think he's the fastest or the most twitchy or the one with the best moves or the best against the run but i think he's the best at all of those things mm. um he's a former number one overall recruit i think Najee harris was number two that year he was number one uh you know he is long he is twitchy he's got great hands he's got good feet he changes direction quickly he closes on the ball carry he plays run well but he's yeah. also not close to the finished article. but the issue is the medical red flag you know, he retired from football he didn't just step you know he didn't just leave UCLA he retired from football after multiple concussions you know he, he only played in 11 games retired on medical grounds he's had three concussions and a fourth minor incident um two badly sprained ankles he had a bike crash where he had to have two operations on a, what he referred to as a mangled wrist um you know so there are some issues uh, with Jalen Phillips but he's a really good player let's not get it wrong he's a really good player I, I just like there are other players that I like more than a couple of other players he would be my number three um, defensive end in this draft I think he's uh, he's a very interesting player but I'm not sold he's a fit for the Dolphins yeah uh, Jalen Phillips what I like about him is you know he has big strides strong hands and he gets on top of the tackle right away and he has good tape as far as setting the edge do not turn on that North Carolina tape for whatever you, you know, for whatever you do, do not watch that game. Okay. Cause that was just a disaster from start to finish. When you give up almost 600 yards rushing, your defensive ends are going to look like hell. Okay. They're going to look bad. And Jalen Phillips, you know, you could lump him in with the rest of them. All right. So forget that North Carolina tape. Jalen Phillips, I believe will be the first defensive end that goes in this draft, but I have three day one candidates for your Miami Dolphins, and I like all three. And I guess you could give yours after I give mine, and you could mm. comment on mine, and then I'll comment <laughs> on yours. Aziz Ojulari of Georgia, yep. Jason Owe, Penn State, Joseph Osai, Texas. Those are the three guys I can see the Dolphins having a debate about at 18, and I wouldn't mind any of them in a trade down. Absolutely. I actually think there's a player that the Dolphins would target more than any other player in the class mm. at 18 that you haven't mentioned yet, which I'll get to in a minute. I like all, I like all of them. Look, to me, Joseph Asai, he's my number one rated edge player, which is, you know, again, a, will be a point of difference with a lot of people. But you go back and watch his game against Utah in the 2019 Alamo Bowl. It's the best 
single game tape of any any player in this draft better than anything Trevor Lawrence put on tape better than Justin Fields' game against uh, against Clemson in the championship semi final anything that Devonta's done his game against Utah was astonishing nine tackles five tackles for a loss three sacks he, he dominated the game he's an athletic freak 42 inch vertical 463 40 you know is he an off-ball linebacker is he an edge rusher he has one year in one game as an edge rusher you could end up as a as a um oh there's tape there's tape of him in in, in pass coverage so yeah absolutely that's the reason he could do it yeah look he was born in nigeria he, he didn't see his first game until till he was 10 years old and he thought it was rugby with, with pads you know, he tried out a receiver when he first got to the US. He ended up a defensive end by accident because somebody got injured and then the replacement forgot his cleats. So he literally just, that was how how he got in the game. Um, Ojolari, I like. He's one of the biggest risers in 2020. I think he lacks a little bit of size, ideally. He's 6'2", 249. But he's got and a, he looks small. Yeah, <laughs> you know? but he bends. He's bendy. He can dip Absolutely. in the corner. He's got really long arms. He can leverage his opponents. He's much better against a run than I thought he would be. Uh, he's got good hips. He, he's he got a really nice chop in terms of his hands. He chops hands away from defenders. Um, what I like about him as well is that he does a really good job at taking on pulling guards. You watch his, watch the game against Alabama and see how well he takes on um, Deontay Brown, especially in, in that game. He, you know, there, there are other players, bigger, more physical players. Jalen Phillips is is a good example. Jalen Phillips almost, um, Jalen Phillips almost, he's a bit too impatient sometimes and he doesn't really play flat enough um, to affect the play against pulling guards. He sort of comes round a little bit where he needs to flatten out and, and come in much sharper. Mm-hmm. And that's what Ojolari does. And I think he's a, a, he's a decent player. And who was the other guy you mentioned? Well, I had Joseph, uh, Jason Olway. Oh, and Jason I mean, another complete boom or bust guy. I mean, mm. he's an athletic freak. He ran four thirty six at his pro day. He's disruptive. He's but he's raw. He's stiff running the arc. He's stiff in his ankles. His effort doesn't match his talent. And he had zero sacks in twenty twenty. Yeah, seven games, no sacks. So, given the athletic profile, that to me is a huge question mark. Yeah, a huge question mark. He only started playing the game in twenty sixteen. You know, so for every plus with him, there's a there's an absolute minus. So really interesting guys. I mean, the three guys that I like uh, and the guy that I think suits the Dolphins best is Quitty Pay of Michigan, 272, six foot four. He is explosive. He's twitched up. He is a high-sided edge rusher, very solid against the run. I, I just think he is size-wise and physical-wise. He has what he can run rush inside out. Uh, he, to me, is what... The Dolphins would and he's be probably the most and he's probably the most versatile of the entire yeah. group of all the guys that I mentioned because he could he could rush from a lot of different places and he could line up in a lot of different places. You watch him rush inside. He is a he is he's got really heavy hands. First of all, to Joyce, he's flexible in his hips. He, he's got a really good Duke move. To me, Quitty Pay would be a perfect Dolphins defensive end. Um, then I like. Uh, I mean, he's injured because he injured his. Um, he injured his, I think he tore his Achilles. Deo Odeyingbo of Vanderbilt. He's a huge human being, six foot six, 280 pounds. He just soaks up contact. He's probably going to fall into day three because of the injury, because he did it back end of the year. Because um, he was a solid, I think he was a solid second round player. Um, he's big, he's long, he's very athletic, he's energetic, he's raw. 
you know, he's a raw player. I mean, he played 49 games at Vandy um, or 44 games, started 29, but he's still, you know, he was immature when he got to, to the team. Um, but he's a really interesting player. Um, and then, I, look, it's hard to look over guys like Boogie Basham, who everybody's kind of overlooking, but it's just a really good player. A guy I really like, and I'm not really sure how he fits with the Dolphins, but every single time I watch him play, he's just doing something. He's so twitchy, he's so twitched up. And that's Ronnie Perkins of Oklahoma. He is he is a guy that plays right on the very edge, but he is an absolute tone setter. I mean, he's not big. He's like Al Jolari, 6'2", he's 253. But he's big in the chest, and he just plays like his hair's on fire, like somebody stole his lunch money, and he's going to kill whoever he gets to to, to get his cash back. He is a really interesting, you know, there's some off-field issues. He got suspended last year for a drugs test. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm a massive fan. And then if you're looking at pure pass rushers, you know, you get to the two Duke kids later on that we'll talk about day three guys, but Perkins, Deodi Yingbo, and especially um, Quitty Pay for me are the, you know, three really fascinating players. Now the argument against taking any of the guys that I mentioned in the, in the first round, meaning Ojulari, Owe, Osai, is their fit in the Dolphins system. Now, the Dolphins might, like you said, I think that 100% they would like Quiddy Pay over all of, all of those guys because he fits the profile of the kind of edge player that they would want. But these three guys that I mentioned, I think, have a role that would actually kick Andrew Van Ginkle into what Cal Van Noy was doing. And these guys would be doing what, Andrew Van Ginkle was doing last year on a lot of our sets on third, especially on third down rushing that, you know, that, you know, that wide nine look nine tech, seven tech, six tech. And I, I don't think they'll ever play them. Any of these guys head up on the tackle because I think they trust the more veteran guys on the team to do mm. that. So if they do take a guy like Aziz Ojolari, who I absolutely love, I, I would warn people, he could have six sacks, but I don't think he'll play a lot of snaps in our defense. If they take a quitty pay, I think he plays a lot of snaps in our defense. Mm. So I don't know what you think about as far as a day one fit for an edge player. Yeah, I mean, to me, pay is the perfect day one fit in Miami for, uh, for an edge player. It's so difficult, though, isn't it? I mean, mm. you, know, you talk about Najee Harris, you talk about a right tackle, you could you know, you could probably use both. You talk about an edge rusher, you know, running back, you could get a Javonta Williams in, in the second round, but then it falls yeah. off a little bit, whether that's Michael Carter, or that's Kenny Gainwell, or that's Jamal Jefferson, Kylan Hill, Trey Sermon, Ramondra Stevenson. You know, they've got the big back in Michael Brown, in Malcolm Brown, you know. Um, it's such a difficult one, you know, because that running game really needs help. Um, and some great stats I saw um, that um, Fran Duffy put up on, on Twitter today about, Dolphins usefulness in the running game and it's you know if you want to help two out you need to get him a good running game but Absolutely. you know you want to help the team out you want to get pressure on the opposing quarterback because you know look what the you know look how the the Buccaneers dominated not just in the Super Bowl but down the stretch with those you know the rushing threat just the ability to rush four and then you know you can send a, a linebacker as well so it's a tough one to call you know if Quitty Pay and 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 Najee Harris are on the board at 18 it's really difficult to know what to do yeah. you know there's, but there's good you know there are good rush play, you know as a kid I like who I have rated much higher than anybody else is Patrick Johnson of Tulane he's a really good player I think you go down to looking at the you know 
Chris Rumford, Duke, and he, he, he very famously uh, uh, of Tulane. He very famously got into it with our favorite Creed Humphrey at the senior. He did. Yeah, they had a little scuffle uh, in a practice, and it was it was what you think about. It was just it was just good competition. Creed Humphrey got the best of him on one play. He got him. He got the best of him on another play, and of course, the game. You know, he was really good on it. He was really good in that game too. So moving on to date two, man, Jonathan Cooper can play football, Simon. He can. He can. I I don't know. I don't know if he's a target. Uh, for the Dolphins at 36, because I already said who I want at 36. But, you know, maybe Creed Humphrey's not there. But Jonathan Cooper, I don't see what's what's wrong with him, except maybe his measurables are not as good as the top tier. But as a football player, he belongs with this group. Yeah, I think the medicals are the, the big thing. He's got something called Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome, mm-hmm. which means that he has an abnormally fast heartbeat. Um, he's had two surgeries on his heart, two oblations, uh, which is obviously an issue. Uh, he had a big high ankle sprain in 2019 that required surgery. He had a right leg injury, which I think was an ACL in his senior year of high school. Um, he's a great kid, apparently. Like a, he, I think he, he got the Black O Award at OSU, which is a fairly prestigious award for that recognizes kind of toughness and accountability and character. He's a former five star. I mean, he was like the eighth highest rated kid in the class. Um, he's got some juice and energy off the edge. He's a bit, he's a bit raw as a as a pass rush, he's a little wild with his pass rush. And that would be a concern, mm. I think, for the Dolphins because he's not, and he's not overly twitchy, but he converts speed to power. Um, he, to me, he's a sub package pass rusher that you pick up on day three, but the medicals and that heart issue will be a, a concern to teams. And, and, and if they're worried about the heart issue, he may even go undrafted. Yeah. Like I have my notes right here and I'll, and I'll read them off to you. It says great vision, exceptional tackler, not much of a pass rush repertoire, except for really good handwork. And you could see it. It's on film. Like he get he he knows how to use his hands to get to mm. the quarterback, and heavy-handed. Yes, absolutely. Uh, as far as day two, I have a couple interior guys, but another edge guy I have in day two, and then you could give us yours, Man Ellison Smith. I think it's the nostalgia. Mm. My mm. God, he looks like Jason Taylor, doesn't, mm. doesn't he? Doesn't six, he? Straight up and, and down. Two hundred and sixty pounds, runs fast, jumps high. Everything you want to, you, you, everything you know, you've you've been thinking about since JT retired. He looks the part, right? He really does look the part, and he plays the part. He's good football player, has good film, and he can get to the quarterback. He's a guy that would play those snaps, in you know, wide nine, seven tech, six tech, in our defense. You know, we're not talking about a lot of snaps, but maybe eight, ten snaps a game. Man, day two, yeah, why not? Wouldn't, wouldn't shock me if he went on day two. He was a 190-pound tight end in high school. Hmm. Now he's 255-pound. Uh, I think he's one of the more intriguing players at this position. You know, he's lean, he's long, he's twitchy, he's athletic, he gets off the ball quickly. He's got great hands. He'll really shock you with his hands to stand a guy up or he can cross-chop the hands away. Um, he gets off blocks. He'll hustle, real good hustle guy. I thought he did really well in Mobile. Um, and he's got room to grow. He's got a high ceiling. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I like Ellison Smith. He's a good uh, player. Part of my, one of my notes right here on Ellison Smith, he has a really developed drop flipper move, which is that's advanced stuff. Like that's stuff that mm. the best pass rushers in the NFL can do. He does that already, which is a good sign. It bodes well for him being productive at the next level when he's working on all of these little moves and building up a repertoire to get to the quarterback. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's a good player. The singer, I like the two Duke kids. Uh, like I said, Chris Rumpf, his dad is the defensive line coach of the Bears. He's undersized, but he's very, very fast, very agile. He's a really good pure pass rusher. You know, he's a sub-package pass rusher for the Dolphins, but he's, you know, he's 235 pounds. But you get creative with him, you'll get him 10, 12 sacks a season. Uh, Dimmer KJ is, he's Carl Lawson. You know, it's two and a half thousand snaps, four-year start, speed, bend naturally. He can flatten, he can finish. He's got some sand in his pants to play the run. He's heavy-handed. He's 255 pounds. Um, he's a really nice player. Hamaker Rashid of Oregon State is a guy I like. Um, he might be an off-ball linebacker, actually, but he's long, he's lean. He can get to the quarterback. He looks good in space. He can change direction. You know, you don't want to li- – do not leave him on a tight end because he have absolutely abused Devin Asiasi in 2019 against UCLA. I mean, he absolutely ruined him. Um, he's not a great tackler, but he's a nice sub-package um, option. Um, so, yeah, there's some there's some nice – Cam Sample, who plays opposite Patrick Johnson at Temple, is a good player. Um, Jordan Smith at UAB. It's for some off-field issues, but long, loose, technical player, hustler. Um, was suspended for a year at Florida. He was involved in a, in a credit card scandal. And then you, you mentioned Jonathan Cooper at Ohio, at Ohio State. The other Ohio State kid um, is a is really interesting as well, whose name completely escapes me. But there's some, yeah, you got our Chauncey Golston at Iowa, um, Taron Jackson at Coastal Carolina. There's some interesting names. There's some good players in this draft at this position. You know, some Damian Hayes is another. There's some, there's some talent on day three. Definitely some talent. All right. And let's tidy up day three with, and I'll give you my target and you could give me yours. My target in day three, I sat down to watch Patrick Jones and I came away thinking, why isn't, why, why wasn't I told to watch Rashad Weaver since he's better? Mm. Uh, What a great senior bowl. Rashad Weaver pops on all of the Patrick Jones tape. Everybody tells you, Hey, go watch Patrick Jones. No, no, uh, the other guy on the other side, the guy that was number 17, that long, lean guy, that's the guy you want to watch. I love, I absolutely love Rashad Weaver. And fifth round, I start looking up at the board. He's still on there. He's mine. I loved his senior bowl, played really, really well in the senior bowl. And, you know, he has, I would call him, he's, he's kind of a poor man's Jalen Phillips, really. Mm. You know, he owned the dairy against the, against the run. Okay, really good tackler. And he's one of those guys that, you know, has a, a good first step, but it's a long step. And he's so long that it's he's hard to get off balance. So he gets on top of tackles. So I really, really do like Rashad Weaver. I don't know your opinion of him. And I guess you could give the people your day three guys. Yeah, I like Weaver. In fact, I like Jones as well. Weaver's long and powerful. He's a linear kind of player. He's, I think he'll play early because he can play in the run. He plays the run really well. Um, he's not explosive or quick and he's not very agile, I don't think, but he's smart and he's extinct, extinctive. He's instinctive. Um, he tore his ACL, his right knee, um, in 2019. So obviously there's a, a little bit of a concern there and he's 40 times pretty slow. I think he ran a 483, 40, yeah. which yeah. isn't great. Patrick Jones. I like, again, Jones will play a lot. Uh, he reminds me of Preston Smith. He's productive as a run defender. He's got good get off. He can flatten. Uh, he's not overly twitchy. Some short arms. I actually think he'll go on day two. Patrick Jones. Um, interesting stat about Patrick Jones is that he played junior. He was born in Japan. He will be. Oh no, he was born in the United. Yeah, he was born in Japan. He will be the first player in NFL history born and to have played at varsity level in Japan 
if he makes it to the NFL. So if he takes a snap in the NFL, he'll be the first player ever to have played, been born and played high school football in Japan to have made it to the league. I like um, I like Dalian Hayes of um, of Notre Dame. He's a solid floor player. Uh, he's got some grit in his hands. He's got some spin move. He's position versatility. He can slide into that three technique in sub packages. Mm. He's a well-rounded kind of rotational player. I, I think there's some shoulder injuries that he's had. Um, he, he had a stinger in 2018. He played the first four games in 2019 and then suffered a shoulder injury. He tore his labrum on the third play of the opening game of his sophomore season in high school. He separated his shoulder and missed the majority of his senior season in high school. So there's some, you know, there are some issues there, but I think he's a good player. And then another guy, Malcolm Kuntz at uh, Buffalo. He's quite an interesting player to watch. He could also move to an off-ball linebacker position. And it, but he could be a core kind of special team such sub package player, a bit like Van Ginkle, really, kind of gets drafted in that in that sort of area. He's athletic, uh, he's strong at the point, he's got a great motor, uh, five sacks in just six games last year. So yeah, he, he's a guy I keep an eye out on. All right, moving on to interior defensive line. And to be honest with you, I didn't look at too much at the top of this draft because I'm really happy with what we have in the roster. But I did look at some day two guys and day three guys. And one guy that stood out to me, and I think he's a, he's a solid day two candidate, maybe not in the second round, but in the third. Maybe they get another pick in the third round, and that's Milton Williams of Louisiana Tech. I think he could play everywhere on the defensive line. He could play head up on the tackle. He could play in three tech. He even played some zero and successfully so at Louisiana Tech. He has a really good swim move out of three tech. He gets on top of the quarterback and rush the passer out of there. Your thoughts on him? And are there any day one candidates for you for uh, in the interior defensive line or day two candidates? Not not that I would take that the Dolphins would take because I just think they're, you know, they brought in John Jones as well, uh, John Jenkins Mm -hmm. back as well. I don't think there's, you know, I would have Levi on Muzariki as my number one, Barmore at two, Jay Tefele at USC at three. I like him. I, I talked about Milton Williams in the WhatsApp group. I think he's incredibly athletic. He's a phenomenal get off. Um, he could be a defensive end because he's 284 pounds. He's going to force himself into day two. I wouldn't be surprised that he, you know, we always get a shock in round one. I wouldn't be surprised if he ran a 462 at 284 mm. pounds. Um, you know, that's faster than Jerry Rice, Jarvis Roundry, Anquan Boldin. You know, he is a Aaron Donald type of penetrator. No, I'm not saying he is Aaron Donald. I'm saying he has that sort of <laughs> penetration quickness. Um, he's heavy handed. He just needs to finish better. I mean, he has, you know, he moves like a 184 pounder. He flip his hips, he changes direction, but um, he cannot finish. Um, he, he, sacks go out of his hands. He misses tackles at the, you know, but I, um, I really like him. I think he's a really, really interesting player. All right. Do you have a, a, a day two guy or? I like Tommy Togiai, Ohio okay. State. I think he's Fletcher Cox. Uh, he's a stack and shed player, not a great deal of experience, but I think he had a really good year at, in um, in Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State, I think he gives the team that drafts him some really good juice, immediate juice in the run game because he's a he's a plug and play run defender. He's a, a two gapper who can who can you know use those violent hands. I, I'm a big fan of his. You know, if the Dolphins are looking at nose tackle, Ali McNeil, uh, I like Ali McNeil a lot of NC State. Um, he's a big oak in the middle. We talked about Tyler Shelvin earlier on, you know, this yeah. planet theory kid, 340. He's Vince Wilfork potential, you know, but so many off field questions. You know, there was a rumor that in the summer he sat out um, last year, he was 385 pounds when he showed up um, to Baton Rouge. He was rumored to be 402 pounds last summer in 2020. 
Uh, I think he was 356 pounds at the LSU Pro Day, which, you know, good for him to get down to that much. But, you know, if he could keep, if he can keep his, his, his weight down, he's a scheme diverse nose tackle who could be a really solid player, but he could also be out of the league in, in, in two years. Yeah. I would ask anybody who's looking at defensive tackles, go back and watch the game, that sort of game of the century, Alabama against LSU, the year that LSU won the national championship, Tua against Burrow, um, in that game where Tua came back from the ankle injury, they weren't sure if he was going to play and hit Devonta Smith with a long touchdown. There was a really good back and forth. In that game, he destroys, and it's the only bad rep I've ever seen Landon Dickerson have, he destroys <laughs> Landon Dickerson down near the goal line. Um, his quickness off the snap, he just, Dickerson just falls on his, falls on his ass. In fact, he falls on his hands, falls forwards. But, um, I mean, you watch him as well, run down plays from behind. He's like a rhino, just takes down everything in his path. It's just consistency, which I think comes down to conditioning. If he's in shape, I think he's an astonishingly good player. And, you know, I, I think you'd, um, you know, you'd uh, you'd be mad if you're looking for a nose tackle. There's another guy that fits the Dolphins really well, who's Ozzie Adigazua from UCLA. Mm-hmm. It's 280 pounds, but he's just got ridiculous strength. You know, he's a sort of hybrid defensive end, defensive tackle. The Dolphins sort of, you know, you like that guy. He's just a high floor player. Uh, his brother was a third round pick six years ago. Yeah, he's all over the formation. It's just leverage. He's a you know great leverage guy. Um, and what's your opinion of Kyrus Tonga? Um, and where do where do you think he goes? And as far as a, a dolphin target, because you know as far as I mean, popping on tape, <laughs> there yeah, he fits is. into that. Yeah, he fits into that nose tackle category. You know, if you're looking for the pure sort of you know Bobby Brown at Texas A and M. You know, obviously Tonga is another one at three hundred and whatever he is. To Daryl Slayton of Florida is three fifty-eight. Um, Jordan Scott three hundred eleven pounds is a pure. Yeah, Harris Tonga is a svelte, according to him, three hundred and twenty-two yeah. pounds. Three twenty-one. Yeah, I mean he's iron and strong. You know, he's a two-down double-team soaker upper. He's got hey, some short yeah. You don't have to sell me. Give me all the Samoans you got, man. Fifty games he played at BYU. You know, when he plays <laughs> yes. with good technique, he keeps his pads low. He's a he's a menace. You know, he played a lot of rugby. He's obviously older because he served his mission uh, in Kansas. He's put on 100 pounds since high school as well. So, I mean, that's a seriously impressive uh, diet. Where do you he think he goes? Also. Okay, Can you call it? Because I can't. Uh, I, I would say that he's a day he, three guy because a lot of people, yeah. a lot of the, the, the draft Knicks, although, you know, the, remember the draft Knicks are not the teams. The teams. Sixth, seventh round. Like, yeah, because I, I was thinking, you know, uh, everybody keeps saying he's a two down player. And every time you hear two down player, think fifth round and on. <laughs> yeah. He's a, that's what he's NFL a, teams tend to do with two down players. Yeah, so there's another guy I, I like Mustafa Johnson of Colorado. Hmm. He's a Juco transfer from Modesto. Um, he's a 290 pounder. He's a sort of versatile three technique pass rusher. He's a day three guy. I think that uh, he's an under the radar guy, fluid hips. He's good against the running, get after the quarterback. Uh, I'm a big fan of Mustafa Johnson. So yeah. All right. We get a lot of questions to the three yards per carry account about nose tackles, so might as well give it to them. We've talked mm. about a few of them here. Like, I really love Karis Tonga and Tyler Shelvin. We've already talked about him out of LSU. So, I guess give the people. Who's the who's the best zero tech in this draft? And where does he uh, go in this draft so they can look for him? Yeah, I think it's probably a Lee McNeil uh, of NC State. Um, he, I mean, you're looking for essentially what you're looking for with a nose tackle is a guy that plays with good pad level, i.e. he keeps his pads down and therefore there's not a big area for him for, for centers to get their hands on. That's what we mean by good pad level. 
low center of gravity. I mean, he's only six two. Penetration, yep, tick. Ability to soak up double teams, absolutely tick. He was one of the best run defenders in college football. I mean, his um his number, I think sort of three quarters of the way through the season, he was the highest graded run stopper in power five football. He's thick in the lower base. Uh, he's great leverage. He eats up those double teams. He controls the A gap. He, he's the sort of guy that allows others around him to, to do their job. I think he's probably a second day pick. Um, he was on Bruce Feldman's freak list. I mean, he ran a four nine four nine forty. Hmm. Um, he hit ninety miles an hour on the treadmill. You know, so he's a um, he's Next, a kind of Fletcher. He hit ninety miles an hour on the treadmill. Yeah, wow, it's ridiculous. He's I mean, he is moving. He's like a um, yeah, he's like a. Imagine a bowling ball smashing into the pins. You know, yeah. he is a. He's going to start early as a solid two down high floor player. Okay, so so what are you thinking? Like late third round, maybe somebody's going. to... Yeah, I think late third round. Yeah, I think so because just of his a bit ability. You know, and look, it's a passing game, but he can. He's got some juice to get after the quarterback, or you know, or at least control the collapse the pocket a little bit. Um, I think you. He had a really good interception. I think against. Uh, I think they called it the thick six against Miami last year. He had like a, I don't know, forty yard pick six. Um, he looked a bit. Do you remember when Aaron Donald had that interception at the um, at the Rose Bowl a few years ago, and he, yeah. he carried the ball one handed, looked like Barry Sanders. And Lee McNeil looked a little bit like that. He's got light feet. He's um, yeah, he'll work through work through trash to the perimeter to get the ball carrier. He's um. Yeah, what he my does well is he gets memory, his... my my fondest memory of a big guy carrying the football is from a guy who's not with us anymore. Well, well, he's not with the Dolphins anymore. You know, he's still of this earth, and that's uh, Jordan Phillips. Do you remember when he intercepted mm. that pass and then came out with a spin move when the quarterback yeah. tried to tackle him? <laughs> like you know, yeah, that I guy did. weighs like 150 pounds less than you. Just run him over. You know, why are you spinning moves? Using a spin move on him? Yeah. 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 But all right, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention them because uh, you know we got to on the way out here. You know, let's let's at least talk about him and Christian Barmore. Uh, Mel Kiper says that half the teams will absolutely love him and the other half will absolutely hate him. Why would they hate him? He's a boomer bust guy. Look, he's got a world of talent. He's twitched up, two gapper, affects the pocket with his pass rush. I think he had eight sacks last year. But off field maturity, consistency issues. Um, I would be leery about drafting him if I was a general manager, not because he doesn't have the talent, because he obviously does, but he's just not going to make much of a contribution for three or four seasons, I don't think, because he's, I just don't think he's, I think physically he's just starting to grow into his body, if that makes sense. You know, he's not really mature as a human. Um, and if you're taking him in round one, you're sort of making that decision as to whether or not you extend that fifth year or whether you cut and run. Do you know what I mean? He's sort of lucky. He's a second yeah. contract guy almost. Um and he might not really show that true ceiling until he's into his second contract. You know, physically, he's explosive. He's got great feet. He's nimble. Um, you know, 310 pounders can be nimble, but you know, he can chase direction. Um, but he's been injured and those off field question marks, you know, slow to develop as a player in high school. Um, I think he's a fun kid. I don't think he's a bad kid. I just think, you know, there's just a, I think there's a bit of a buyer beware tag. He's a, he had some, nagging injuries as well in 2020 which would be a bit of a concern and you just think whether or not those nagging injuries are down to lifestyle or whether it's just the way he plays he's got so much talent but if i was a general manager i would feel you know he is boom or bust i think yeah all right and on the way out uh do you agree with me that brian flores will get his way and he and they will draft one of the guys that we mentioned we don't know who 
but they will yeah. have one of these guys that we mentioned in day two. Let's call it day two. One of these guys goes to the well, one of these guys that we've ventured across every any single of position. Any of any of the ones that we mentioned. Yeah, they take I mean, an they... edge player or defensive lineman on day two, meaning round two or round three. Oh, good question. Maybe round three. Maybe round one or round. I could see potentially pay at eighteen, or they come back in round three if there's a you know if there's a guy. Look, if Russo falls into round two and he's there at 35, 36, whenever it is, you could see them taking Russo. You just could because of what he can do, where he can line up, how versatile he is. I don't think he was very good. His pro day wasn't very good. The numbers weren't great, but God, he's long. And, you know, they've got a light of fire under him as well, though, you know, because mm. Manny Diaz has complained about how lackadaisical he is, how laid back he is. You know, he knocks over the quarterback and then, whilst the play's still going on, he wants to help him back up. And it's just like, dude, you know, the play's still going on. Hustle back down the field and, you know, make a tackle. Um, so, yeah, uh, but he's he's a baby. You know, he's not going to – he could be Alden Smith. You know, he can come in and have we, – we said this before. He could come in and have 10, 12, 14 sacks just as a sub as a sub package pass rusher. He frightens the fucking life out of me, though. Yeah. You know, in the first round, he frightens the life out of me. Yeah, uh, that's. I, I think it's too rich of an investment in the first round. And if you listen to these guys, they, you know, they, they don't really give up too much. But if you listen to the sound bites coming out of Brian Flores, I think that they're drafting guys to play 2021. Okay, so I don't foresee too many projects. So I would say that you see those two first round picks, both guys will play a lot in 2021. And I would say number 36 is going to play a lot in 2021. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how they treat guys that sat out of last year. Mm-hmm. That's also another consideration with Rousseau. He yeah, could have done exactly. himself a lot of good repeating his, his act in 2019. Because there, there were people that were after 2019, everybody was saying, you know what, he does it again. He's a top five pick. Mm. And it's hard to argue, you know, the guy goes out there, has 30 sacks in two seasons. <laughs> You know what I mean? What are you going to say? Oh, I don't like how he got the 30 sacks. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. something you had to think about. 100%. Well, listeners, you can't complain. Of course, remember, get that draft guide. Look for the link. Get the that draft guide. Yeah. It's $4.12. Yeah, it's $4.12. Like, you know, th- don't come back at me with, you know, but they charged me 12 cents. You know, and then, you know, forget that. You know, blame the Fed for that. Not, yeah. you know, not the draft guide. All right, that's it. There is no more. Our draft preview continues next week. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.